fruit of the Spirit, and tonight we're going to look in one of those, it's not one of the fruits, because it's not one of the fruits, and I'm in the wrong message, I think just give me a second here, there we go, I'm working on the message, don't move the landmarks, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, I forgot to change it anyway, the fruit, of the, the fruit of the Spirit, so I was saying, it's Galatians chapter 5, and look at verse 22, Galatians 5 and verse 22. So right there in the New Testament, it's Galatians, Ephesians, and Galatians chapter 5. Could you stand as we read God's Word? All right, let's look at it. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for love, your love. It's because of your love that you came to earth. It's because of your love that you went to Calvary. It's because of your love that you provide salvation for each one of us. I pray, Father, Lord, may we love others, Lord, the way you love us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So, the fruit of the Spirit, Lord, those, those names that we see here is the result of what the Spirit does in us. It's now, like last week we looked, uh, and I sake of introduction, we have the fruits of the, the flesh, which are all actions, and we have the fruit of the Spirit, because it's not us doing, it's God doing in us. So the more we let the Spirit of God work in us, we will display the fruit of the Spirit. It's like, you know, it's like a beautiful... Uh, let's say a flower that blooms in different directions with different things. That's a fruit of the Spirit. Is a flower of love, is a flower of this, is a flower of that. It comes from the same source, is the Spirit. So, um, when you became a Christian, God gave you the Holy Spirit. So every person that receives Jesus as Savior, God gives you the Holy Spirit. So, the Spirit of God lives in you. It's there. You, you, everywhere you go, the Spirit goes with you. So the Holy Spirit, like I said last week, is not a force. It's not like, you know, may the force be with you. You know, when I watch Star Wars, you know, it's always like, you hear, may the force be with you. You know, and no, the Spirit is not a force. If the, the Spirit of God, it is God, and He lives inside of you. He doesn't go out, in and out as He pleases. He's inside of you. So... The Holy Spirit works to develop. One of the mean, one of the functions of the Spirit of God inside of us is to turn us to be more like Jesus. He convicts, he directs, he teaches. All this, those things are the fruit of the Spirit. I mean, the Spirit working in us. So the fruit of the Spirit is a beautiful picture or portrays of Jesus, and God wants you to to live to reflect that beautiful picture or to, to resemble the Lord Jesus Christ or his, his qualities and His character. Not only that you're going to change physically, is the way you act and react, the way you live, you resemble more the Lord Jesus Christ. So as I said last week, there's one fruit of the Spirit, but nine parts. So we uh, will be looking at different parts each week. For the, as we move along, we're going to keep looking at each one of those. So tonight, we are looking at the fruit of love and in the believer's life. So the fruit of love has to do 
with your attitude towards God and towards others. It goes hand in hand. So do you have a loving attitude or what? Some of you were born in a Christian home. All right. 
you raise, raise with the Bible around you. Some of us were now raised in Christian homes. So much different. Life is much different. So we were religious. We were not Christian. We were just religious. But let me tell you this. So our relationship with the Lord, when we, for me especially, being an old, uh, in my 30s when I got saved, but to see that I got saved and then I have a relationship with God, I could see in my own life the transformation. Let me put it this way. My house in Warwick was pushed in. Like about, I don't know, maybe 100 feet, 75 feet, I don't know how much it was, from the road. And I remember we used to have a little swing right outside our side door, right there. And how in the world, after I got saved, I found myself in, in days after, because my wife used to work second shift, and I was there, after I put my kids to bed, come outside and just sit down and swing and read the Bible. I'm like, who in the world did that to me? Not me, honestly. That's what the Spirit of God does in you. It draws you to things that you never did before. Then I had the music, all kinds of tons of music, and I got rid of it, all of it. How that happened? It's God doing that in you. So, letter A, love started with God. God spoke the world into His existence in love. God created as angels in love. God created the human race in love. God left heaven and He was crucified on Calvary's cross in love. God sustains the world today in love. God provides heaven for those who, are, who ask forgiveness from their sin in love. God started, uh, love started with God and continues with God. Because He's a God of love. He loves you. He loves me. So God is love and all love comes from God. The Bible tells us that God is love and all love comes from Him. Actually, go to John chapter 1. and 1 John chapter 1 verse, verse 7. I'm sorry. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. All right, there you go. Correcting myself. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. So God is a God of love, and love comes from God. But the love of God is not a selfish love. We human beings sometimes, we, you know, there are many people in this world, they choose to love others, love others for self-interest. But it's not that we should be. Not God's love. God loves you and me unconditionally, regardless of what we think. He loves us. He chooses to love us. Look what it says in 1 John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, knoweth God. He that loveth not, uh, not knoweth, not God, for God is love. So all through God is described in many ways in the Bible, is loving, kind, patient, gracious, majestic, or powerful, or knowing, ever present. There are only a few times the Bible describes God in terms of what He is. We are told God is spirit. God is like twice we are told we are God is love. He is a loving God and everything He does is out of love. Even when He corrects you and me, He corrects us in love. Right. Listen, not all, all the time I correct my kids out of love. Sometimes it's out of frustration. Yeah. You, know? Something. you know? You know, sometimes it's out of frustration, but not God. God corrects His children in love because He loves us. So, number two, or let it be, love is demonstrated in Jesus. Go to 1 John chapter, look at verse, 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. And this was manifest, the love of God towards us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Wherein is love, not that we love God, 
but that God loves us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. So, love started with God, and love comes from God. In the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, we see the full display of God's love. You are are you surprised that the in one of the the fruit of the Spirit comes the word love? He is one of the characters of God. God is a God of love, and God wants to the same love to be reflected in His children. So if we, the fruit of the Spirit begin to display in us, one of the things that are going to come out is love. Love for God, love for people. And that's what we very characterized in a Christian life, is that Christian people are known to be loving people. We love others. Because what? God loves us. It's something that grows in us. Once again, love is not an empty feeling or an emotion, even though those feelings and emotions become, come together with it. Love is an action determined uh, by a fixed attitude. I choose to love God. Now my emotions and my feelings go towards that attitude. So God loves us. And He showed us His love by sending Jesus. God loves us so much that He sent His only Son into the world. Listen. When you look at the Christmas Nativity, all right, when you look at the Christmas Nativity, right there you see the full display of God's love. God sent His only begotten Son into the world so He could save the world from their sin. Amen. So, true love doesn't ask, what can I get out of this situation, but what can I give? God showed His love by sending Jesus and God didn't question us. God simply sent Him because He loves us. That's what love does. We learn to do to love like Jesus as we do it. How many times you have done it and you say, I do it in the name of Jesus. You do it out of love and gratitude and you say, I do it because the Lord impressed in my heart to do it. Let us see. Love is what God wants to develop in your hearts. The Bible tells us that God wants to develop His love in your life. Is a lot of unloving people in this world. Isn't it? There are people that they are so hard that love hits there and hits there and it seems like it does not change. They continue to be rude. There's a man that works with me. He greets you with profanity. Wow. That's how he is. And it was, I think it was Monday morning. No, it was not Monday morning. I, I think that it was Saturday because I was there by myself. And I'm walking. And he comes to the other side. I saw him. I look. And I could read his lips. Later I approached him and I said to him, I said, don't you have a, anything nicer to say? Don't you have anything else in your heart and mind to say besides profanity first thing in the morning? I said, what's wrong with you? Who are you mad to? I mean, you, did, you, did you live with the cats all night or sleep with the cats all night or the dog? What happened to you? Well, it didn't help. Got even worse. So I walked away. I walked away. So, 
So look what it says in 1 John 4, 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one, one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and His love is perfect in us. So, <coughs> I'm sorry. God loves us, so we ought to love one another. So, the fruit of the Spirit is love. One of the characteristics of God. God is love. Jesus came to this world and He displayed love to the fullness. And the fruit of the Spirit, when you allow the Spirit of God to work in you, love is one of that things that springs up. One of the strongest ways to be a good witness for Christ is when you display the fruit of God's love in your heart. So when we turn evil with good. So we start with the Bible tell us about love. Number two, God, the encourager of love. Love started with God. Everything that we see about creation demonstrates the great love that God has for humans. He created us with love and He continues to sustain everything because He loves us. Even Jesus went to Calvary's cross showing us the greatest love that God has for us. Folks, if what we do is gossip, trash talking, foul mouth, yelling and screaming at others and arguing with others, we're not displaying God's love in our hearts. We're not showing God's love to others. Sometimes we lose it. But we always have, we can redeem ourselves by asking God's forgiveness and saying, Lord, let me start this over again. I want to display love in my heart, in my life. I want to see people to see Christ in me. So, letter A, love is the greatest commandment. Go to Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. Love is the greatest commandment. Look what it says in Matthew 22, verse 37. And of course, in your Bible, must be in red, so it's Jesus speaking. Look what it says, and then Jesus said, I shall the Lord, love the Lord thy God with what? All thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like unto it, I shall love thy neighbor as thyself. Those two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. What God says right here to you and me, love is the greatest thing. First, love is the greatest commandment. Love is the greatest commandment because it is, is the basis of all the other commandments. Actually, if we are going to reflect the love of God <coughs> excuse me, within our lives, we must do it in love. If I'm going to serve in the church, I serve out of love. If I'm going to serve a, somebody in need, I'm going to do it in love. If I'm, whatever I do, I do out of love and gratitude. That's what God wants us to do as a children, to be loving people and to always reach out to others in love. Actually, we, if we're going to reflect the love of God within the life that we live, love is a must. The people that you interact with every day need to see that you love God and that you love people. Folks, without love, we are nothing. First, we are commanded to love, uh, 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 to commanded to to love God with all our hearts, mind, and soul, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Of course, all the commandments given to us by the Lord are important. Don't get me wrong. We can't get rid of 
of one commandment and, and just keep the other commandment. You know, we keep them all. But let me tell you, God says in the end, love is the greatest one. Let it be, love is the greatest thing of all. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. Look what it says there. It says, Now abideth faith, hope, charity. These all good things. These three. But the greatest of these is charity or love. The Bible tells us that only is love the greatest commandment, but it is also the greatest thing of all. Early in the same chapter, Paul tells us how love is greater than anything you can speak, know, understand, possess, or give away. Love is greater than faith and hope. Faith has to do with the present. Hope has to do with the future. But love has, has to do with all the time. You follow that? Let me repeat that. Faith has to do with the present. Hope has to do with the future. But love is, has to do with all the time. That's what God wants us to do. God wants us to do. Here now, every moment of life, God wants us to be loving people. And to be loving Him. He says, can I do that? Yes, you can. Oh, I cannot do that. Oh, yes, you can. We can do that. We can love God every day, every moment of life. We can love other people, even, they, when, even if they choose not to love us. Faith will become sight. Hope will ultimately be fulfilled. But only love continues for all eternity. Love is the greatest of all. Let us see. Love is the first fruit which contains all the others. There is a reason love comes first in the list of the fruit of the Spirit. Love is not only the greatest and most important, it can, but it contains all other fruit as well. We see this in Paul's beautiful description of love in 1 Corinthians 13. When Paul writes, look at it, it says, verse 4, Charity suffered long and is kind. Love envied not. Love vented not itself, is not puffed up. Do not behave himself unseemly. Seeketh not his own. Is not easily provoked. Taketh no evil. Rejoice not in iniquity, but rejoice in the truth. Bear it all things, believe it all things, hope it all things, endure it all things. The folks, this is love. Not the love of this world, this is the love of God in us. Listen, we cannot produce this. But God can produce this in us. Listen, we, the only thing we can produce is the fruit of the flesh. All those actions. This is the fruit of God in us. The Spirit of God is in us. And that's what the Spirit of God does through us. We cannot produce this. God is the one who does in us. Do you see how many of the fruit of the Spirit are listed in Paul's description here of love? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. They are all these, uh, these because they are all part of the fruit of love. We find a similar uh, uh, shorter listing in Colossians 3, 4, and 14. Look what it says, actually, uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 14. But put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. And then verse 14 says, And above all things, put on charity, which is the bounds of perfectness. Perfectness. We, we, here we have a partial list of the fruit of the Spirit, but once again, they are all contained by love, which binds them together in perfect unity. Love binds all other fruit, the, uh, 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 the other fruit all together and can't have any of the other fruit without love. So Jonathan Edwards uh, uh, called it love this way. 
the sum of all grace, he writes, all the fruit of the Spirit which are to lay weight upon as an evidential grace are summed up in charity or Christian love because this is the sum of all grace. End of quote. Someone describes uh, each of the fruit of the Spirit, the Spirit as all springing from the one fruit of love. He writes, love is the key of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, listen to this, love, uh, uh, joy is love singing. Peace is love resting. Patient is love enduring. Kindness is love's touch. Goodness is love's character. Faithfulness is love's habit. Gentleness is love's self-forgetfulness. I'm sorry. Self-control is love holding the reins. Love comes first. Love is the greatest commandment. Love is the greatest thing of all. Love is the first fruit which contains all others. Number three. We're almost done. Growing in love. Finally, let's talk about growing in love. We talk about this fruit of love. How God loves us. God is a God of love. And God shows love in many ways to us. And God wants us to be loving people. That's what God wants us to be. Loving people. And to show His love towards the world. Those who don't know. Listen. If you're a Christian and you have people around you who are rude unkind, ungrateful, mean. Should you go down, go down to their level and be the same way towards them? I treat you the way you treat me. I get even with you. No. We treat them the way Christ would treat us. Even if they're still that way, just treat them nice. Because the, the fruit of the flesh is easy to do this. No good, I got back to you. That's a fruit of life. That's our actions. But when we have allowed the fruit of the Spirit, we love them back. When we love, we display God's love towards them. We're trying to go and help them. So, growing in love. What does the Bible tell us about growing in love? There's a number of things you can, you can see here. Number one, Meditate much on God's love for you. Remember, love has to do with your attitude, and when you realize how much God loves you, it can help. You. It can help, but change your attitude towards others. <coughs> when we meditate on much how God loves us, I think sometimes we forget how much the Lord really loves us. I think. I think it does. Especially when we struggle, when we go through hard times. I think some, I'm not saying it happens all the time, don't misunderstand me here. But I think sometimes we forget how much we are loved. Because God loves us. But I think when we realize how much He loves us, I think it's an easy way for us to begin to look to Him in a much different attitude. So, what does the Bible say about this? And meditate much on God's love for you. Folks, life is full of problems, obstacles, headaches, pains, both emotional and physical. The question is, it can, uh, is, can we make a difference in this world? Yes, you can make a difference. Yes, you can in this world. And I can make a difference in my world. But in order to do that, we must remember and that we ought to meditate on God and how much He loves us. Now, how much does God love you tonight? Unconditionally. 
You see that? With all your defects, He loves you. He's not going to say, oh, that and that and that, I'm not going to love you. No, no. If you clean yourself up, He loves you as you are. That's the, the, the love of God. Search the Word of God each day and learn from God's Word how much you are loved and how much He wants to, you to reflect His love in your own life. Our God is a, a God of love and He wants His love to reflect in the life of His children. Actually, go to John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. It is very clear what the Lord says to us about this word love. It says, A new commandment I give unto you. You know, when Jesus said that, He says, Hey, pay attention. Look up. Pretty much what He's teaching, He said, Look up, guys. I need to tell you something. Alright, you know all this stuff. You know the scripture. Let me tell you something new. And He says, A new commandment I give unto you, that He love what? One another. So he's literally saying to each other, as his disciples are sitting over there, he says to them, you know, let me tell you something for you to do. It's something new. Look up here. He wants his, the attention. He says, all right, I'm going to give you something new. I'm going to give you a new commandment. you got to love one another. Wow. Wasn't that uh, John and his brother that were, you know, the sons of thunder? Probably they couldn't get along with one another. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. In that group, they go, go at each other all the time. And Jesus said, oh, you got to stop. you got to love one another here. Hey, you got to love my brother. Yeah, you got to love your brother. you got to love one another. You look what it says. Not just that. You know, you got to love one another. But look what it says. Jesus continued. As I have loved you. Oh, this is deep. He says, guys, all right, you have to love one another. But now, not just love one another. The way I love you, you got to love one another. Oh, that's deep love. Because they knew how much Jesus loved them. And look what it says. And, he's at, and at, they love one another. And look what it says in verse 35. By this, what he's trying to say. If you love one another the way I love you, alright, by this, by doing that, shall all men know that ye are my disciples. If you love one, if you love one another. You see that? I wonder why some people say, you are a Christian, and you're acting like that. You know why? Because the world has expectations on Christians. They know how we're supposed to act and behave and live. And if we're not acting very loving, they go, you a Christian? Oh, that hurts. Isn't that hurt? That hurts. You're like, oh. You know, because Jesus said you want to love the way I love you. Wow. Notice that how Jesus refers it back to his own love for us, even as, as he commends us to love one another. Jesus loved us with both our primary, I mean, Jesus' love for us is both our prima primary example of love as well as the ultimate motivation to love one another. Folks, we live in a very selfish unloving society. You agree with me? Yes, sir. We do. We live in the midst of a people who has been through all over, can walk all over you, and they don't care about you. 
That's the size of society that we live in. So what we do, live like them, act like them, God says, oh no, you got to love them the way I love you. Really, Lord? Yes. you got to love them the way I love you. Now, folks, a fulfilled life is not about what I can get, but what I can give. And the Bible says better to give than to receive. And God loves a cheerful giver. Ouch. Ah, that's not the way I want. I want things. I don't want to give things, all right? That's not the way the human mind thinks. I want things. And God says, no, no. But ultimately, a fulfilled life is about what I can, not about what I can get, but what I can 1 John 3.16 teaches us uh, what intensity we are to love our brothers and sisters. Actually, go to 1 John 3.16. I want you to see how we are to love our brothers and sisters. We're almost done. Look what it says. Whereby perceive we the love of God because He laid down His life for us and we are to lay down our lives for whom? The brethren. Wow. That's how we have to show our love towards our brothers and sisters. This is within the church now, folks. That's how God wants us to love each other. <clears throat> we all know that John 3.16 speaks about the Father's love for us by sending Jesus. First uh, John 3.16 speaks of Jesus' love and willingness to lay down His life for us. If we really and truly meditate on love, on the love of God through His creation... Uh, true scripture, it, it will be overwhelming for us. We will come to a state of awe. All that God has done is out of love for us. It's amazing. <clears throat> How can God love me with such intensity? How can God love me with such love? How can God love me like this? How can God, can God love a sinner just the way I am? Folks, if we want to know what love is and what love is about. The first thing you and I must learn is the way God loves you. The way we are loved by Him and the way He loves you, we are to love others. Let it be, choose to forgive others when they are when they wronged you. Wow. <clears throat> One of the things in my years in church is one of the things that I noticed is this. There are many people who are unwilling to forgive others. That's one of the things in my years in church that I experience is this. There are many Christians who are unwilling to forgive others. They hold a grudge deep in their hearts. And they say they don't, but they do. Let me tell you. It's not, listen. When we, we choose to forgive, does not mean that we're going to forget. Memories are there. We know what happened. We know the things. We know how, how people wronged us. It doesn't mean that things have to go back to normal because I forgive you. But we have to forgive. That's what the Bible calls. So forgiveness, in many cases, is not an easy thing to do. There's emotional pain. And sometimes physical pain is involved. And forgiveness can be very, very hard. Let me remind you that Jesus experienced both 
physical and emotional pain when he went to Calvary's cross. The Jewish people rejected him. As Jesus hung between heaven and earth, he was despised by man and abandoned by the God the Father. Can't you see the heart of Jesus now? Can't you see the emotional pain? His Father turned his back on him. The world turned his back on him. And Jesus hung between heaven and earth alone. Everybody abandoned him. It was pain there. Yes, he was suffering. It was emotional pain. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. We know that he experienced physical pain in a brutal way. We also know, uh, he also experienced emotional pain, probably more than we can think. For the first time, he was separated from God the Father. But look what the Bible says about forgiveness. Go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Even after all this that God went through, God tells us, this is what you ought to do. Look what it says. And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Forbearing one another, that's Colossians 3.13, and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgive you, so also do ye. And above all things, put on charity, which is the bound of perfectness. It's not easy to forgive, folks. We don't always feel like forgiving. But remember, love is more than just a feeling, it's a command. It is, it is a, command, a, a, a commandment, and it, it is, and it is a choice. When you choose to forgive someone, you are choosing God's way of love. You still may not feel like forgiven, but that's okay. Sometimes you just need to make the right choice first and let your feelings catch up with you later. So that's the second way you can grow in love. You, we have to learn to forgive one another. Listen, folks. Do you think God forgot what we have done against Him? I don't think so. I don't think the Lord forgot what we did to Him. Did He forgive us? Yes. When He forgive us, He doesn't bring those things up. But He did not forget. It's the same thing. Somebody got to do us wrong and hurt us. You know what? We can forgive, but we won't forget. But we choose to forgive. Some people think like, oh, if I have to forgive, I have to forget. Humanly, it's impossible to do that. Because we have a mind. And many times, even though I'm not I'm human, alright, let me put this way. And many times, even though we have forgive, and sometimes when in the privacy of our, of our own life, whatever we do, if the thought comes to mind, sometimes we even cry because the pain's still there. It doesn't mean that we didn't forgive and you know it just you didn't forgot. The pain is there. So seek, let us see, to honor people above yourself. Our natural attitude is to honor ourselves above others. To look at our own interests before we look to the interests of others. But that is not the way we are love is. A third way to grow in love is seeking to honor others above ourselves. Listen, if in the work, workplace somebody has a promotion, don't envy that person. 
That's a human. That, see, that's the fruit of the flesh. You got something bad. I mean, I deserve this. I mean, everybody deserves, don't we? In our own minds, we all deserve. But we should not envy somebody because they got a different position. We should not envy each other within the church. We should love each other because God uses us in different ways. Seek to honor people above yourself. Now, please don't misunderstand me here. I'm not naive to the fact that many people are not very honorable and we cannot honor evil or evildoers. You follow that? We're not going to honor evil and evildoers. We're not going to do that. We have to honor people but not evildoers. Look, actually, go to Romans chapter 12, verse 20, verse 9 and 10. Let's look at this. We have to honor others but not we don't honor evil. If they do wrong, we're going to tell them they're doing wrong. So look what it says. Let love be without dissimulation. Harbor with, with that which is evil and cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor preferring one another. Notice how, uh, how honoring other people above ourselves is direct connected to loving each other in this verse. We find the same thing in the book of Philippians in the context of loving one another. It says in Philippians 2, 3, it says, Let nothing be done to strive for vainglory, but in loneliness of mind, let each other esteem others better than themselves. Look not uh, every man to his own things, but every man to the things of others. Listen, we are to honor others, but as long as they do good and they're honorable people. We do not honor evil and the actors of evil. We do not do that. So literally, this verse I declare that to you that you that me and you uh, are to love, but not in a selfish way. Love is not about promoting self, but what we can do for others. Love is something that you constantly give, expecting nothing in return. Love involves involves will, commitment, and emotion. All work together with the same goal. Look at look at the example of Jesus. Jesus left heaven, self will. Jesus spoke at the cross. It is finished. Commitment. Jesus cried to Lazarus. Emotion. See, all love involved. It was the will of God. He left heaven. He came to the earth to the cross. Uh, when he said it is finished, he was committed to the end. When he, when he said to Lazarus, come out, he emotionally received Jesus crying. See, it's all love. So love is a self-will. I choose to love. I, but when you choose to love, everything gets in. Commitment, emotions, feelings, everything goes in. So love is something that you act upon. Nobody can make you love anybody. It is a choice that you make. God loves us not because we ask to be loved. Get this? God doesn't love us because we ask Him to love us. God loves us because He wants to love us. Even before we got saved, He's already, he's already loving us. Can you imagine that? Those people out there that are cursing him, mocking him, and could care less about him, they are loved by God. Right. You say, wow, is that much love? Yes. Of course he loves his own more, but he still loves them. Let it be. Allow the Spirit to produce fruit in your life. Of course, we can't do anything of this without God's help. Remember that we learn last week the fruit of the Spirit is something God does rather than we do. What we can do is the fruits of the flesh. 
actions we act upon, fruit, the fruit of the flesh, that's something so natural to us. But the fruit of the Spirit is God doing in us. You cannot love like this unless God is working in you. This love of God that we ought to, to come out of the fruit of the Spirit, for, listen folks, you can't do it and I can't do it. It is God doing in us. And you know what? He will continue to do it until we go to heaven. But it's God doing in us. So remember, what we like we learned last week, God does not does that uh, does that not ourselves. So finally, ask God to develop the fruit of, of, of His love in your life. God God's love is greater; is the greatest love of all. So ask continually, the Lord continue to develop to develop this love in your life. Actually, go to Luke chapter eleven. Let's look at this. How can you have this love in your life? Go to Luke chapter 11, verse 9. Love this passage of Scripture here. We're, we're going to close with this. Look what it says there in Luke chapter 11, verse 9. God is very, is very specific and very clear about what He says. Look, it says, I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Look what it says. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. And he goes on to say, For everyone that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for fish give him a serpent? Or if he ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If he then be an evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? So God wants us to develop his love in our life. So by faith, ask him. Ask him, Lord, let me love you, let me love others the way you love me. The Spirit of God is in you. The more we <coughs> surrender to the, to the will of the Spirit, the more the fruit of love will be displayed in our lives. I can, let me explain something here before we close. Every believer receives the Spirit of God at the moment of salvation. The Spirit of God indwells you as a believer. So at that moment of salvation, you receive a new nature that comes from God. Now, you need to let that, the nature of God develop it in you from within. If you're not saved here tonight, let me tell you, you do not have the Spirit of God in you. The love that you display is out of your own intuition, maybe the way you grew up, the way your family taught you, but it's not the way God loves. In order for you to love that way, you need the Spirit of God in you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord, for this passage of Scripture. We look in tonight at the fruit of the Spirit. And, Lord, love is part of the fruit of the Spirit, is your character. It's part of who you are, Lord. You are God of love. And help us, Lord, as your children, to develop that in our own lives, to be loving people. Lord, to love you above anything else. And to love our brothers and sisters and to love those around us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.